This is Leafs Breakfast. This is going to be such a stupid first question for Mike Johnson. He doesn't know what's going on. Our TSN hockey analyst, and he does a great job. And actually, my first question wanted to be about what I thought was a great call by him in the Devils-Leafs game from the other night. But instead, we start here. First off, good morning, Mike. Thank you for joining Leafs Breakfast right here on First Up. Good morning. You know what? I'm actually more excited to answer the stupid question than what I thought would be a good one. So now you've got my full attention. All right, all right. I got your full attention here. Uh, I don't know how we started arguing about this, but fish with cheese, yay or nay? Fish with cheese? Thank you. Yes. Yes. Like... Fish sticks? Like, I, I mean, I don't know. No, no, a nice fish. A nice fish. You've cooked yourself no. uh, a cod or a salmon. Well, now, you pair that with cheese. Thank I you. I can have Parmesan crusted occasionally, which can be a nice little little crispiness outside, but not, not like shredded cheese on top. No, absolutely not. Thank you. It's, it, Thank you. Just, it's generalized, no, Johnny. People scoff at the idea when, like, I order, like, a fish pasta or fish with sort of another dish, and it's like I'm pouring cheese all over it, and people are like, oh, you're not supposed to put cheese on fish, and I'm like, you're do not. whatever the hell I want. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, yeah you can, it. but it's wrong. Yeah, yeah. There's no rule book. You can do whatever you want, but it's a very strange combination for your palate. But, and, you know. and, that, and that's Thank why I'm you. saying, why is it a strange combination? Cheese is good on everything. It's just strange. Yeah. See? Yeah. See? Thank scoffing you. at me. <laughs> yes, we're all scoffing at you. You can technically put Mountain Dew on your cornflakes, but no one ever right. does. Exactly. Because it's stupid, and it's yeah. a weird combination. <laughs> all right. Moving on. <laughs> this I don't even remember how Parmesan crusted. <laughs> That's next level, though. Oh, that is good. Nice panko crusted, you know, yeah, fish. See? Yes. There 100%. you go. 100%. Yeah. You, you pair that with a sharp, acidic white wine, you got a meal, brother. So, yeah, um, I knew the wine Mike, pairing would be coming. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm nothing if not predictable. Speaking <laughs> of predictions, oh, you ready for the radio segue of the year? Speaking yeah. of predictions, Mike Johnson predicted the Leafs were going to score to tie it at three four seconds before it happened. And to me, it was one of the best goals I've seen all year. And I'm curious, Mike, um, Justin Hall Right as he made that long pass to David Kampf up the middle, you were saying, there it is. A second later, Kampf to Bunting, and whoop, there it is, the goal was scored. I'm curious, when you're watching a game, when you're watching a moment like that, you know, what what did your eyes see before that goal? Um, that's, you know what, some of that is, is, is like instinctive. Like, it's as though I'm standing on the bench watching the game in front of me and, and you kind of see where the, the, you know, where the guys are at, where the, the holes are, if a pass can be handled cleanly. And when you, when you see a chance developing, sometimes I blurt out much to Gord Miller's chagrin. Oh, there it is. Like, Oh, he's gone or he's in or, you know, something like that. And, um, jerseys hard to get through the neutral zone on. Uh, but I, but because Justin Hall was kind of taking his time and looking at different options, the defenseman got spread too wide. And so as soon as he's able to find the path of the middle, I said, there it is, because that's the path you want to make. It's just really hard to, to do. And then once you can do that, you're going to get a really good chance. Now, did I know David Kemp would drop a sick little oh. backdoor pass to Michael <laughs> No <Bunting>? look. <laughs> I wasn't sure about that, but I knew a good chance was coming up. 
and uh, and they delivered. So it's it's almost instinctive, but it's also you know you understand where the the moving parts are, how the the chances could be generated, and and so I kind of blurted it out, and um, you know they don't always go in, but generally speaking, uh, they do get the chance I'm thinking they might get. That's why they call him the mystic one, Matthew. This guy <laughs> right. sees things before they happen. Or it's because it's um, alliteration. If his name was Steve, they'd have to come up with a new name. True, yeah. true. I'd be a shaman Steve, yeah. Oh, were, you su- were, were you surprised at the result last game, considering how poorly the Maple Leafs started? I mean, you were there. There, there wasn't much energy from the Leafs in the first period. They got outshot 15-3, to, to three, I believe, at one point. Uh, mm-hmm. But... You know, did did you sense that the the Leafs had it in them to come back the way they did and 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 ultimately get a big win? No, not at all. I mean, you watched that first period, Carlo, and Jersey was way better. Should have been three nothing, maybe more. Uh, Samsonov kept Toronto in the game. I picked Jersey to win the game. I checked with my MoneyPuck.com simulator, deserved to win o meter, and it was like seventy seven percent Jersey. Like if you ran You've that game a thousand times to the same way. What's wow. that? You have a yeah, deserve a... to win o meter. Can I get can yeah. I get access to that? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's on moneypuck.com. It's 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 free. Right. It's uh, public access and you know, they they take the game as it was played and like who would win that game more often? It was like 70 plus percent jersey. But that doesn't matter because goaltenders are part of the team and Samsonov was amazing in the first period and he allowed his team to play their way into the game. Now to Toronto's credit it was just the first period where they were really dominated. After that, they were, you know, better in the second. And it was pretty even in the third. And I thought it was a, a very good win, kind of a gutsy effort, given all the injuries and kind of the late, you know, fifth game of a road trip and everything else, to go into one of the best teams in the league, have a tough first period, and then find a way to win and come back multiple times to, to get that victory. Um, and it was good to see them make some skilled plays to win it, like three pretty dynamic plays to get their last three goals. Breakaway yeah. Mitch Marner on the shorthanded effort. You got the camp Michael Bunting combo. Justin Hall will throw him in there as well. And then you also have Austin Matthews. And uh, Michael Bunting, I'm not going to get a point on it, but I call, I kind of was half joking but half not alluding to the Mary Lemieux to Paul Correa in the Olympics. Like, let the puck go yeah. through his feet yep. to get to Austin Matthews because I got to tell you, that is very, very hard to do because at that spot on the ice, you're thinking, if I can touch it, like I'm going to try to get a piece of it because then I'll get a chance to score. And to let it go right through your feet, right between the hash marks, because you know a guy's behind you, a much better shooter in a better spot, is really heads up by Michael Bunting. So good for him in a game where he was put on the fourth line, kind of demoted down there and challenged by Sheldon Keith to be better. And he was. Um, you know, that's what Toronto, when they're – at their best can do to you. Like you don't, they don't have to play quite as well because they have those players that can make skilled plays to win games, and they did in a really, I guess, a really good team. Yeah, and those are goals that they're going to need to count on come playoff time, right? Uh, you know, coming from the 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 outside of the, of the big guns, and just to to stay on Michael Bunting here, um, you talked about his demotion to the fourth line. You know, Sheldon Keefe has been, um, you know, trying to. Um, keep him on his toes with this team so that he doesn't get complacent with the demotion. Do you think he's done enough with what you saw in the, in especially last game to get his, his spot back on the top line with the big boys going to going into next game? I do. Um, you know, I, 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 I absolutely do. I only wonder if Sheldon keeps thinking like, you know, maybe do I got to do another game or two to drive that point home? You know what I mean? Where it's like a one game thing. Now you're right back up. 
But I think part of the strategy for Sheldon Keefe and part of his thought process was that without Tavares and O'Reilly, um, the first line, Austin Matthews' line, was going to have to play against Nico Heischer or Jack Hughes. And I think Sheldon Keefe thinks that Alex Kerfoot is a little bit more responsible defensively than Michael Bunting. So that was part of the decision-making, too. It wasn't just for Bunting. It was also to get Kerfoot as a defensive support to Marner and Matthews. They're not playing Jersey. Uh, they're coming back home. They get last change. Maybe it makes it a little bit easier to put Bunting back up there because you're not worried about matchups on the road against a really high-powered offense. So that could factor in the decision. But, yes, he belongs there. Alex Kerfoot hasn't scored a goal, I think, in like 19 games. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I appreciate some of the stuff that Alex Kerfoot does. Uh, he's a good player. But when you play on that line, like you do have to produce no matter what. And, you know, he clearly is not. Is not. So, yeah, I expect either next game or the one after Michael Bunting to be back up with the first line. Joined by Mike Johnson, NHL analyst with all things TSN. Mike, I'm curious. So the Leafs played a couple days ago. They're off till Saturday against Edmonton. They got a day off and now a couple days of practice. What what does the best case scenario look like for this team in terms of practice? In terms of just trying to figure things out with new bodies? It's it's mm-hmm. funny. Only one game within a calendar week, yet it feels like a sneaky important week for trying to find some sort of some sort of stability. It would have been super important with Ryan O'Reilly around, but he's not right. So like, what are they doing up front? Nothing different, really, right? Like the, the best week would be getting John Tavares back feeling healthy and maybe he was just a little shaken up or maybe it was a flu-like something that he was off and nothing related to a huge hit that he took from Tyler Myers and maybe the you know concussion or anything like that. So that would be the best news. The forwards, you know, I think they just kind of, you know, they kind of get back to where they were. It would be Matthews, Tavares, Camp, and then, um, you know, probably Holmberg will be staying around for a little bit because O'Reilly's not here. The more important, and this is where Carlo could come in, and this has been a fascinating debate. There is no right answer. I've, I've thought about it many different ways, many different times. But really, how is the defensive rotation going to shake out? Mm-hmm. Who is going to play with who? They have all these bodies. I don't think Luke Shen is back. I haven't heard if he's had, you know, great news for him. He's no. having a kid soon, but I don't think he's back yet for that. So he might not be available uh, to be part of these practices. But Who's playing with Morgan Riley? That's where it starts. Uh, and who's playing with TJ Brody? Like these are the questions that they can try to start to answer, so they get a little bit of consistency in their run going forward down the stretch. But um, I, I don't know. I've I've said many times. I think um, you know Brody with O'Reilly, McCabe and Lilgren, Giordano and Hall. Like that's my six. Carlo, there is no right or wrong answer, so you can no, disagree all you want. Because uh, I, and I don't know, like I have no real sense of what they might do, but that's what they're going to try to figure out. I, I I'll give you my six. I think I, I'm with you with Riley and Brody because you know there there's uh, familiarity there. I, I think for the Maple Leafs to try to pick one shutdown pair would be um, a, a little bit. Um, uh, what do you, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, short-sighted. Short-sighted by them, yes. Yeah! Thank you, Matthew. Because uh, in a playoff series, if you can have two guys that can that can share that resp- – or two pairings that can share that responsibility, I would go McCabe, Shen, Riley, Bro- Brody, and then Giordano and Lilligren to start, and then Justin Hall comes in to fill in mm-hmm. for Lilligren if his game's not where Sheldon Keefe wants it to be. Yeah, the, 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 I know, and again, and I thought about this, my, my challenge is McCabe is going to have to be almost 
your top pair shut down guy. And playing Luke Shen in that role, big time minutes. To, I, I'm 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 leery of making that decision. Like I think mm-hmm. Shen is more of a support guy. He's good at what he does, but that you can't ask him to be a first pair guy and take on Kucherov in point. Like I don't know if that is, you know, if he's up to that for the whole playoffs. I, I just don't know. Maybe maybe he will be. As we saw but- last year. Uh, Sheldon Keith really want to rely on Labushkin and like these kind of physical guys. And I just, like, I think Lilgren has to play higher to me. I, I, I think, you know, he would play ahead of Shen as far as depth chart. You can have a Hall and Giordano as a defensive pair. You could have a McCabe and a Lilgren as a defensive pair. You could have a Brody to help Riley, but really kind of limit what you're asking them to do as far as checking goes. Um, yeah, no right answer, but these, like, this is the conversation, Maddie, that they're going to have this week at the coach's office on the ice. They won't really be able to get answers until they start playing games, but we probably will get a glimpse into what they're thinking by who's playing with who in practice. There's no right answers, but there's always one right guest, and that is Mike Johnson, Sorcerer Steve, or anything in between. Mike, thanks as always (laughs) for joining the show today. All right, boys. Uh, Bag of shredded cheese on its way, Carlo. You can have all you want. Thanks, Disgusting. Thank Coming <laughs> up on the other side, if you haven't heard Fred Van Vliet unloading on the NBA officials, you're going to want to hear it because this one sounds way different from what we're normally used to hearing. That's coming up next right here on First Up.